Hi, I'm Charlie. I'm a pastor here. I uh, I have a wife and I've two kids and I'm an obnoxiously loud barking dog. I live right down the street from here in, in the neighborhood of Butterfield East and I really love playing sports and watching sports and talking about sports and anything that has to do with sports and I, and I love going out to eat with my family and friends whenever I have the opportunity. And I just realized this week that I've never actually seen the movie Alice in Wonderland before. <laughs> I know. That's, that's my introduction of myself to you. That's how I might introduce myself to you if, if we had never met before. You see, I think we introduce ourselves to people all the time in life. We're constantly introducing ourselves to people, right? Whether it's at school, or whether it's at our workplace, in a meeting, whether it's in a social setting, whether, whether we're at church, we're constantly introducing ourselves to people. And when you introduce yourself to somebody, what do you say? I want to actually give you an opportunity to try it out for me right now. I want you to introduce yourself to me. Pretend like we're having a one-on-one -on -one conversation right now. There's nobody else in the room. It's just you and me, and we've never met before. And I want you to give me your introduction. Tell me in just one or two sentences, when I count to three, tell me, who are you? Okay, so it's going to be a little bit loud and kind of awkward and pretty chaotic, but you're just going to go through it. You're going to introduce yourself to me like we're having a, a single conversation. Are you ready? One, two, three, go. Wow, it is so good to meet you all. It is so great to meet you all. Thanks so much for sharing that. I, I had no idea. I want you to think of for a second of, of what you just shared. What, when you introduced yourself, what did you prioritize? What were the things that you thought, you know, if Charlie's going to know me, then he's going to have to know this. What would you say? What was the this? Was it your job? Was it what grade you're in in school? Was it where you live? Was it your family? Was it like what you like to do for fun? What was the this that you thought, this is what Charlie's going to have to know about me? Like I said before, we introduce ourselves to people all the time in life. And it occurs to me that, that when we introduce ourselves to people, we're, we're communicating a lot about who we are and who we see ourselves to be. When we introduce ourselves to people, we're communicating quite a bit about who we are and who we see ourselves to be. It's like we're raising our hand and saying, this is who I am in just a few words. And so when you think about how you just introduced yourself, what did that communicate about who you are? Or better yet, what did how you introduce yourself communicate about who you see yourself to be? This morning at Christ Church, at both of our campuses, we're starting a brand new sermon series. It's called Difference Makers. And the premise of the series is just this. It's that Jesus Christ instructs and calls the people that follow him. Followers of Jesus Christ are called by him to make a difference in the lives of the people around them in the world. And so we're taking a look at that concept 
through the three weeks of this sermon series. You know, Jesus, in various parts of his teaching throughout the Gospels, he calls his followers to be like salt or like yeast or like light. And it's a metaphor, of course, but it occurs to me that, that all of those things are things that make a difference in other things around them. You see, salt and yeast and light, all of those things make the things around them better just by their plain existence. Just by their plain existence, the things around them get better. And so this morning and over the next couple weeks, we're going to take a look at this idea that Jesus calls all of his followers to be difference makers, to be people that are like salt and yeast and light in the world, that your presence in the world is meant to make a difference in the lives of the people around you. We're going to do that by looking at none other than one of the, the, the books of Titus. <laughs> Titus chapter 1. Not exactly the place where you might think, oh, this is exactly how I would imagine I would go to the Bible and think, where would I find a thought about how to make a difference? I wouldn't necessarily think you might go to Titus chapter 1 of all places. But here we are, we're going to spend three weeks in the very first chapter of the Apostle Paul's letter to Titus, a text that's filled with thoughts about what it looks like for us, for the people of God, to be difference makers in the world. And you know, the thing about everybody in the world who God calls to make a difference in the lives of other people, the thing about every single difference maker in the lives of someone else is that they all have one thing in common. That difference makers are people who know who they are. Difference makers are people who above all else know exactly who they are. They're not people who, who flip-flop back and forth in social situations in different contexts. They're not people who try to be one thing in one situation and try to be another thing in another situation. They're not try to, people who try to impose themselves or have to recoil. They don't overinflate themselves in certain situations. No, a difference maker is someone who knows exactly who they is. They are, not they is. <laughs> Grammar is hard sometimes. Difference makers know exactly who they is. that they are people who can raise their hand in any situation and say, no, my, I know exactly my purpose, my values. They're uncompromised. I know entirely who I am. And you know, one of the things about knowing who you are is that knowing who you are impacts everything about what you do. Pastor Craig Rochelle says it like this. He says, you do what you do because of what you think of you. You do what you do because of what you think of you. In other words, our actions 
or what we do, they have everything to do with our identity or who we are. And so it becomes pretty clear then that if we're going to be difference makers in the world, that if we're going to follow Jesus' call to be people who make a difference in the lives of others around us just by our existence, then first and foremost, we're going to have to have a really good understanding of who we are because it has everything to do with what we do. So well then, who are you? Who am I? Who are you? And how do we know? Well, here's the good news. That the Bible, the Word of God, actually has that answer for us. It tells us exactly who we are. And we can then begin to understand what it, makes to, what it looks like to make a difference in the world based on an understanding of who we are. And so we're going to journey through chapter 1 of Titus, taking a look at the difference maker. And today we're going to see, well then, who are we and what does that have to do with us making a difference? And we're going to do so through the example of the Apostle Paul, the one who writes the letter of Titus, the letter to Titus. And one of the things that might be a valid question is, well, okay, well, how do we know who Paul is? And we can know a lot about Paul based on historical data, based on biographies, based on what other people say about him. But how do we know who Paul really is? Well, it's the same way that you and I just started to understand who each other were a few moments ago. You see, we know who Paul is. You know, we know what he thinks about himself based on how he introduces himself. And he does so in Titus chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, our text for today. He says this, and I think you can follow along on the screen as well. This is Paul's introduction of himself. This is how a difference maker introduces himself or herself. Paul says in verse 1, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to further the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness, in the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time, in which now at his appointed season he has brought to light through the preaching entrusted to me by the command of God our Savior. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Paul, who appears to be the king of run-on sentences, is introducing himself here. And like we just said, we, we learn quite a bit a lot about somebody based on how they introduce themselves. And so we see here in just this short introduction everything about how Paul sees himself, who Paul sees himself to be. And here's what we can take. I think what we can take today are four particular things that we see in this three-verse introduction of Paul about who he is and what it means for him to be a difference maker in the world. And I hope that each of us can model this in our own life, that, it, that we might know that all of us are called to be difference makers in the same way. And so the things that we see, these four things that we see, 
in Paul's introduction of himself that they might true, be true of us as well. And who knows, maybe it'll change the way you introduce yourself to somebody the next time you have a chance. So what do we see in these first three texts? Well, first we see that Paul in verse one, he says that he's a servant of God. First and foremost in verse one, Paul describes himself as a servant of God. This is, this, is, this is the very first thing that he wants people to know about who he is, about what, what his identity is shaped. He says, I'm a servant. It's not like he's extremely bashful about it either. He's almost like yelling, exclaiming, excited about the fact that he is a servant. You know, theologians over the course of time, they've all recognized that, that throughout human history, all human beings, no matter when you lived in what context, at the end of the day, every single human being is a servant of something. We all serve something. And so it's just a matter then of A, admitting and acknowledging that we're actually always serving something, and B, deciding what that something or someone will be. And so we have a lot of options. <laughs> of what those things might be that we would serve. I mean, you can serve money, you can serve power, you can serve approval, you can serve peace, you can serve success, you can serve yourself. You can be servants of a lot of things. The list goes on and on and on. And not all of these things are bad. But the point is, they're all things that could be served by us at the end of the day. But, but Paul seems to make a pretty big distinction between those things and how he describes who he is. You see, because Paul admits, first and foremost, that he is a servant. He says that difference makers are willing to admit that who we are is our servants. We know that we are serving something. That's who we are. And secondly... We're making the conscious decision that what we're serving is none of the other stuff, but we're serving the God of the universe himself. That that's the key distinguisher of a difference maker, Paul says, that first and foremost, they're servants of the one true God. That that's who we are. Is that how you would describe yourself? Paul then goes on, He's continuing in verse 1. And he says, yeah, I'm a servant. And he says, I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ. Later on in verse 1, he says that. The Greek word for apostle is apostolos, which literally means sent one, or a person who is sent. See, Paul describes himself and difference makers understand themselves to be people who are purposely sent by Jesus. The other day, or uh, I guess over the last couple weeks, I should say, my kids have been exchanging letters back and forth with their grandfather. And it's the, they're these string of letters that have to do with the last one, and the next one has to do with the next one. And so they're all related to one another. Uh, and they're coming back and forth, and so they have to be sent at a specific time, and they have specific content, and if one arrives before the next one, 
goes, then it's very confusing about the chain of events. And so you have to be relatively diligent in terms of getting one and then sending one, all these things. And it's possible that as the person who sometimes gets and receives and sends the mail in our house, that my lack of organization tends to mess up this cycle of letters. And it was just the other day that one of them came to me and said, can you send this to Grandpa? And I said, sure, I'll send it. And then it's also possible that I might have like put it on the counter and gotten distracted and not sent it that day. And so the next day, when they came in and they saw the letter on the counter, they said, Dad, you were supposed to send this letter. And then they said, this letter does not do any good until it is sent. This letter doesn't do any good until it is sent. And I just can't help but think that that's part of what Paul's saying about how we're to see ourselves in some ways. As people who are sent by Jesus on a mission in this world and who like that letter don't do any good until we know that we're sent. The third thing I think that we see in this text is also in verse 1. We're going to get to the other ones, I promise, without keeping here all day. So we see that Christ's followers are servants, and we see that they're sent. But then Paul says in verse 1, the reason that they are serving and sent is in order to, quote, further the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness. In other words, Paul's saying, I'm a servant who's sent in order to do what? In order to help people move closer and closer in their relationship with God. My purpose is to help people grow deeper and understand it and, and build a deeper and deeper and better and better relationship with the loving God of the universe himself. Paul says, that's who I am. That's why I'm here. You see, the Bible has tons of agricultural metaphors throughout it, and one of the metaphors that it uses to describe this type of person, the way that, that we help other people grow closer and closer in their relationship with God, is it talks about sowing seeds in the lives of other people. It talks about sowing seeds of faith and of truth in the lives of other people. And partly because it works with this and partly because our team, preaching team, loves alliteration. This is the, the third thing that we see in this verse. That who Paul is and who difference makers see themselves to be are sowers of that seed of faith and of truth in the lives of other people. Over the last couple of weeks, I've been going through the miserable process of trying to plant grass in my backyard. And throughout the, the, the four-year, my four-year career of grass planting attempts, um, never, ever, ever in, in all of those attempts have I succeeded the first time. Never has it gone well. Never has all the grass come off, and it's like, wow, 
that looks like it was meant to be there. At best, it's patchy, and at worst, it just ends up a complete dry wasteland. But here's the thing, I guess, that I've learned about planting grass. Is that if you just keep planting and tending to seeds, that eventually, it really will grow. That if you just keep at it, if you just keep sowing seeds, that eventually, I mean, it might not look the way you exactly expected, and it might not go as quickly as you expected, but eventually, the seeds will turn into something. And that's sort of how Paul sees himself. And how all difference makers in the world, all followers of Jesus are called to see themselves as people who sow the seeds of faith and truth in the lives of other people, just keeping at it, knowing that that planting of seeds over and over again in those people's lives, that eventually it'll make a difference. And finally, the fourth thing that we see in Paul's introduction of himself about who a difference maker is is in verse 2 and 3. And this is how Paul describes his own identity. He says, I do all of this in the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time, and which now at his appointed season he has brought to light through the preaching entrusted to me by the command of God our Savior. Paul says that fourth, and maybe most importantly, who he is, is a steward. He's a person that has experienced the love and the grace and the truth and the hope that Jesus offers. And that who he is then is a person who is responsible for stewarding that good news and sharing it with other people. That, that Paul has recognized that because of what he's experienced about Jesus, that he's responsible for stewarding his entire being, that all of his relationships, all of who he is, everything about himself, his gifts, his talents, his treasures, it all starts to point in that direction. It's stewarded in that way that other people would know what he's experienced about Jesus. The hope and the love and the grace that leads to eternal life with him. And he wants to steward all of his being for the sake of that. You know, if you know anybody who has stewarded their life like that, if you know anyone who's lived their entire life in such a way that everything has pointed to the love and the hope and the grace of Jesus, then you know what kind of a difference it makes in the lives of people around them. I'm sure you can think of people off the top of your head who have been like that in your life. I've got a list of folks that I know who have been like that. But the person above all else that comes to mind when I think of someone who has stewarded their entire being for the sake of of others knowing Jesus 
is a guy named Tom Abernathy. You see, Tom was a really good basketball player. He played college basketball at Indiana University. He won a national championship there. He went on to get drafted in the professional leagues. He played for teams like the Indiana Pacers and the Los Angeles Lakers and the Golden State Warriors. Tom had it all, and by the time he retired from basketball, he was one of those people where you look around and you think, Tom has this dream life. He's got a lot of money. He's got a, quite a bit of status. He can just cash it in and do whatever he wants for the rest of his life. But right about that time, Tom encountered the grace and the love and the mercy and the hope of Jesus Christ and began to understand in his life what it meant for him. And so Tom realized what the Apostle Paul is talking about here, that he had no other option then and no other desire, frankly, than to steward his entire life for the sake of other people, knowing the exact love and grace and hope and mercy that he experienced himself. And so instead of sitting back and enjoying the rest of his life being a retired professional basketball player, Tom actually did something about it. He went and he bought a building and he turned it into a basketball gym called the Indiana Basketball Academy in central Indiana. And it was a gym for kids to come and learn how to play basketball. They could learn skills and, and, and develop how they played, playing games and in different tournaments and clinics, all of these things. But it wasn't just this ordinary basketball gym. No, the Indiana Basketball Academy was a unique place because the owner of the IBA was someone who desired to steward their entire life so that other kids would be able to experience about Jesus what he had experienced too. And so after every tournament or practice or game or clinic or training session that happened at the IBA, Tom Abernathy would invite every single kid to stay for what he called Bible basics. And he'd spend just a couple minutes with the kids teaching them a Bible story, talking about the grace and the love of Jesus and how it related to their life. He did this every single day and continues to do so for the last, like, 30 years. And you know, thousands of kids in central Indiana have attended Bible basics over the years. And tens and thousands have walked into that IBA and played basketball in a gym that's covered with the love and the grace of Jesus. And I was just one of literally tens of thousands of people who had the opportunity to walk in and out of the doors of the IBA over the course of my childhood. And every single time that I walked into that building, without fail, greeting me at the door of that gym was Tom Abernathy, who had all the money and accolades you could ever ask for. And he would light up with a smile, and he'd look at me and he'd go, Charlie Browning's in the house! <laughs> and there weren't many times where I felt in my life more love and care in the presence of Jesus than when this old professional basketball player 
lit up with a smile because I was walking into the gym. Some shy, insecure elementary schooler. See, I think Tom understood what Paul's talking about here. He understood what it meant to steward our entire life for the sake of making a difference so that other people might experience the grace and the hope of Jesus the way that we have. And so, who are you? Well, the next time you introduce yourself to somebody, you might say the normal things. You might tell them about your family or where you live or what you like to do or where you go to school or what job you work. But I hope underneath it that you might know more foundationally who you are. That you're called to be a difference maker. That you're a servant of God who is sent on a mission. Who sows seeds of faith and truth in the lives of other people. And who's called to steward your entire life for the sake of other people knowing that they are loved by the God of the universe. Might this help you to make a difference in the lives of other people around you? Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for this morning, for every single person in this room, especially the kiddos in all of their energy and their noise and their excitement about being here. God, we don't take that for granted in the church, and we are so thankful to have every generation worshiping with us every once in a while. And Lord, we pray over the rest of this series that we would have our hearts open to you about what it might mean for us in our lives to be people who make a difference. And that first and foremost, we would know that if we're going to make a difference, we need to know who we are. And so God, would you impress upon us this week that we are people in the same way that Paul describes himself here in Titus or chapter 1 that that is core to our identity and that because of that you've called us to make a difference in this world pray all of these things in the name of your son Jesus Amen